A basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, how can you ever find out what he could really do? I don't want this to be the high point of his life. I've seen him, the real sad ones. They sit around the rest of their lives talking about the glory days when they were 17 years old. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. The Keeping the Nostalgia Live show is sponsored by The Dunk Collection. The Dunk Collection connects sports-minded individuals to basketball-inspired home products meticulously designed to help combat life's most mundane chores. Dirty clothes on the floor? Put a dirty dunk on the door. The Dirty Dunk is the original over-the-door basketball hoop laundry hamper designed to make laundry a slam dunk. Do you have a messy office? Try a document dunk. The original trash can basketball stand designed for those who compete in the corporate arena. You're just one shot away from turning your cubicle into the corner office you deserve. Bath time blues? Make bath time fun with the Scrub-A-Dunk, the original basketball hoop for baby ballers. Attach to the tub and Scrub-A-Dub-Dub. The Dunk Collection, making boring chores a slam dunk. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. I'm your host, Billy Powell. Hopefully you're listening to this at keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com. You can also go to that website. I'll give it to you again here in just a second and download uh, one of, two of, or how many you want of about 150 interviews of uh, people who played the game, coached the game, or were associated with the game, officiated the game, this great game of basketball from the state of Indiana, or just the great game of basketball. So that's keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com. And with that being said... Today's been kind of a New Albany Bulldog day. I did, uh, did an interview earlier today with Coach Alan Buck, and I just got off the phone with Coach Jim Miller. So both of those shows will be posted up later this evening. But what we have going on right now is part two of our interview that we were having with Coach Kirby Overman. Uh, Coach Overman, thank you again for uh, spending some time. I apologize for the delay in getting to you for uh, uh, for the interview, for, but uh, uh, I thank you for spending some time with us to help keep the nostalgia alive. Well, I'm looking forward to completing it, and I've enjoyed what we've done so far, Billy. You know, a, a lot of your uh, former players, students, and all of that kind of uh, want a little update on how you're doing. Can you do that for us? Yes, be glad to. Um, the, the update this morning is uh, a little bit <laughs> unusual because I went through surgery uh, this last Thursday. I had an eye removed. I had an accident a year ago uh, at home uh, and uh, had fallen and actually had uh, put out an eye, uh, my right eye, and uh, for a year now I haven't had any pain to speak of, and uh, uh, the doctors have finally decided we just needed to remove the eye, and I will wear a, a prosthetic eye, uh, be fitted for that in about a, uh, five, six weeks probably. So anyway, I've gone through that pain, I guess, uh, uh, this last four or five days. Uh, so that's uh, that's probably been the biggest uh, uh, accident, injury, or whatever that I've had. Aside from that, I've uh, I've gone through some of the other things that old older people have. Uh, I've had a uh, knee that has been replaced. I've had two back surgeries and uh, all those other kinds of things. Uh, mostly over the last uh, six seven years. So, uh, but health-wise, I uh, <clears throat> still get around pretty good. Have a commercial garden. 
that I uh, work with a lot during the spring, summer, and fall. Uh, so that's kind of a, a thing that keeps me going and I think is uh, is good for me health-wise. Uh, and that's kind of where I am. Uh, at uh, 77, I guess I... Uh, I keep I keep moving and uh, uh, sit around a little bit in the winter time, and uh, it's really interesting because the reminiscing of the things that we're doing with your show uh, is really uh, really enjoyable to me. And uh, thinking back uh, of the people I've met over the years, the coaches and so forth, is uh, I think is uh, it's enjoyable and it's. Uh, it's a thing that kind of uh, uh, I, I look forward to. Anytime I can meet uh, old some of my players uh, and talk with people that uh, have seen us play or whatever, uh, and, and I think that the Hoosier game uh, of basketball, high school basketball, is is really unique to that too. It's not that uh, people in other states don't enjoy the game because they do. But it seems like there's an unusual amount of that sort of thing coming from Indiana. So uh, that's kind of uh, that's kind of brings it up to date. You know, it's kind of interesting too that we're talking about those times. But then, you know, right now as we speak, you know, with the big hubbub uh, and the big deal with Romeo Langford and New Albany being, uh, uh, you know, on on national TV, it's a uh, it's kind of it's kind of neat that that uh, it almost brings us, you know, kind of 360 from from where you started to to where uh, basketball is in that area right now. Yes, correct. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think we left off where uh, you had just got done coaching the uh, 74 Indiana All-Stars or 73 Indiana All-Stars? Okay, the the 73, I was um, uh, the assistant to Jerry Oliver. Uh, That was the year that um, we had Kent Benson on the team, and so that's kind of where we ended there. Uh, 74 then would have been the year that I was the head coach of the Indiana All-Stars, and uh, that was when I had Larry Bird, as we spoke of before. Uh, so that kind of brings us to uh, to that particular year. Um, I think that the 74 year was an unusual year, too, because I had an opportunity uh, to go into college coaching, which, of course, was one of my was one of my goals. One of my goals was to get to college coaching, uh, hopefully as soon as possible. After we won the state tournament, why that was kind of my next thing on the line. And I had a chance to go to Sanford University uh, at the end of that uh, at the end of that year in '74. So that's what uh, what happened to me. I left the state, went to Sanford University uh, as an assistant coach. Um, uh, again, that's a Division One NCAA, so it was a good experience um, in some ways. Uh, at the same time, I don't think it was where I uh, uh, had some bad experiences there, too, uh, from the standpoint I didn't really want to stay there. The school itself was a great school, um, but it was not uh, an ideal situation. Uh Anyway, uh, that brought me back uh, to Indiana, and I had a chance at that time to interview for the uh, job at IUPUI. They were 
wanting to start a program. Now, they had had a uh, kind of a um, small program going on. They did not do much recruiting, didn't do any, really. Um, they uh, played kind of a uh, schedule that uh, just played some local teams. Uh, schedule was maybe 16, 18 games, I believe. Anyway, <clears throat> as uh, as we interviewed for that job, it was, uh, I quickly found out that we didn't have any facilities. Uh, we were going to have to use a, a camp that was uh, part of the physical education program. Uh, the school was a, a school of 18,000 students that were, were, they really were all uh, driving in the camp to the uh, school each day there in Indianapolis. And so it was just a commuter uh, school. But a building a program there was going to be quite challenging. Uh, we had um, to schedule games uh, with schools that were mostly uh, Division II NCAA and NAIA programs. I would get contracts with schools. I can remember going to New Orleans and playing there, and we played IU Southeast down in Thibodeau, Louisiana on the same trip. Um, came back and played Tennessee Martin on the way back. And for these particular games, for the most part, we were playing, uh, traveling in vans uh, from Indiana uh, University, Purdue University. And uh, we also occasionally used the same plane that IU used uh, to get to certain lo uh, locales. Um, I think that it's interesting to note that uh, our schedule was playing against people that uh, were really quite good. Uh, there were a lot of these games, again, they would give us a, uh, a contract, so we that's how we actually got funded for everything. Uh, we did receive from the university uh, 10 or 12, I guess it was, um, scholarships uh, for tuition, uh, and all the recruiting was done by myself, and I had a, an assistant at that time, uh, Sam Johnson. Uh, Sam today is a minister in Indianapolis, and he and I were um, got to be quite good friends, of course, as well as uh, him being the, my assistant. Uh, we were seen together practically all the time. Uh, you you really develop relationships, I believe, uh, uh, coaching-wise, and uh, that was one of the relationships that I still to this day hold quite dear. Uh, but we did the recruiting. Uh, most of our players did come from uh, around Indiana. However, it's what was also unusual. Uh, some students that we had got to us in uh, unique ways. I can remember we had uh, had a player from Thousand Oaks, uh, California. Uh, he had a relative in Indianapolis, and uh, so he played for us for a year. We had two from in the uh, uh, Minneapolis area that came to us one season. I think they were only with us for one season. We had another one from uh, New York, uh, the Bronx area, if I recall. Uh, one of my players that had played for me at Sanford uh, transferred and came to me. Um, he was uh, from uh, Albany, Georgia. 
So we got players from unique areas, uh, very talented players, uh, but um, we kind of uh, fell into it. I also ended up with players that had played for me at New Albany, uh, Julius Norman, Dale Slaughter, Bill Finley, and uh, that, uh, that gave us quality players also. How what, let's talk about that recruit. So so you almost started the uh, Ui Pui as it used to be called, <laughs> the program yes. from the program from scratch. Yes, Billy, definitely was from scratch. <laughs> we uh, we just again didn't have a facility. We we played at the uh, <clears throat> I think it's called National Guard out there on the on the river uh, there in town. Um, there was a gym there, an armory, and we we played some games there. Uh, the first year, I think it was the first, maybe second year, some, but we played games there. Uh, the Pacers practiced there. We practiced there some, but uh, anyway, the Pacers and I we we shared that. Uh, consequently, uh, uh, Bob Leonard and I kind of got to be friends somewhat also because of that. Uh, sharing that facility. Then uh, the, I think it was the second and third year, we were at uh, the fairgrounds, uh, didn't get a practice hardly at all there, but we uh, we played there, played games there, and I think again, I believe the Pacers shared that facility some with us. So anyway, that uh, that's kind of where we would, uh, you know, play and, and practice wherever we could find a high school gym. Um, it, it certainly wasn't desirable, and we we spent a lot of time doing those kinds of things, uh, just getting a facility. And someday we didn't know from day to day where we were going to be the next day. So, um, I uh, the, the record during those times was uh, we we won forty or fifty ball games, but uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't the ideal situation for us to really be able to focus. And I think if we if we tried to obey rules, and this is difficult, that were NAIA, which is totally different than NCAA. And uh, we tried to obey both rules, and really, if I look back, we we probably didn't have any set rules that we were being, that we should have been guided by. It was a kind of a mishmash of uh, where we were and what we were doing. Uh, so, uh, when you when you would re- recruit, how did you find? See, see, you went from you know wanting control over elementary all the way up to over high school, and now you're in a situation where you're starting from scratch and having to recruit players. Did you find that difficult, or did you find that uh, pretty easy to do? Well, well, it it, it was difficult, and and it was, what bothered me was that you you could not get organized. You could not, uh, as I look at other programs that were we were competing with, they were established, they had facilities, and they had uh, people uh, supporting them, uh, either raising money, which we, we would go out and, and do that. We would put on fundraising activities so we could have extra money to, uh, to travel with or whatever. Um, so I was having to do those kinds of jobs where you might have half a dozen people normally supporting you doing uh, doing work that I had to do. It wasn't just coaching. Uh, the coaching was a um, 
uh, got to be a smaller and smaller part of what I actually did. Were you also in charge of scheduling? Yes, yes, I, I was. Uh, and I would have to make my plans for travel. Uh, if we wanted the vans for the uh, from the school, we would have to do that. Uh, schedule usually we would schedule three vans. Uh, we would have to get uh, schedule uh, uh, the uh, for our destination. We'd have to make sure we had our rooms, motels. We would have to take care of meals. I would have to get certain uh, funds and so forth. Uh, uh, withdraw some funds if we didn't. Uh, well, we, when we when we went out and raised money, we went into a fund at school, and then I have to withdraw this whenever we were going to travel. Um, I can give you an instance, and I, I'm going to be honest, Billy, as we talked earlier about these kinds of things. There's some distasteful things that have happened. I'm going to go ahead if um, you'll stop me if you want me to, but. Uh, I can remember coming back from Louisiana, for instance. Stopped in the evening. We had uh, uh, we were on our way home, actually, and we were in, still in Louisiana. I, I don't remember the city. I don't remember where it was exactly, but we pulled up the three of us, uh, four of us, in the vans and automobiles, and I went in and and uh, to see about getting rooms. And I said, "Oh, sure, be glad to have you." And uh, about that time, some of my players started getting out of the cars and stretching and so forth, and the people at the desk saw that I had African-American players, and wow. my assistant coach came by at the same time, and they said, oh, sorry, we, uh, we, we, can't, we can't allow you to stay with us, so you'll be glad, uh, or any of, your, any of your white players and people can, but I'm sorry, we can't let you stay. So I said, well, no thanks, we'll move on. Those are kind of instances, uh, now we're talking again, 1975, uh, 76, and so forth. Those things, um, uh, that was unfortunate, but it was a lesson for all of us. Now, none of the players with me had experienced that because they were all, again, from Indiana or from you know, other areas, but traveling and certain areas they, they did see that um, I have to say this though uh, in at New Albany in 1973 uh, I think people will remember I happened to have a situation where we started five African American players that season and I have a uh, I have a I guess a, a fetish or whatever you want to call it but I I, I put people on the floor who I think are the best players. I put people on the floor who play together extremely well and who I think are going to have the best chance at winning the game. And I don't, I don't, I just don't see color. I think that's a statement that people, a lot of people do make. Most good coaches will say that. And that was the way I've always been. In 1973 at New Albany, uh, that wasn't necessarily popular either. Uh, there would be phone calls coming to the house uh, and so forth, and uh, I was called some uh, different names and so forth. But that's the way it was, and that's the way I've always been as a coach. I'll do it, as I said to you earlier, I'll do it my way, 
and if uh, if you don't like it, that's too bad. So anyway, that's and that's it, I guess, about that. And and that's just amazing that in the seventies that was still that way, and and you know things still happen today that way. It's just it's just uh, it, it, that conversation about that kind of just boggles your mind sometimes. It does, uh, and you know I I, I always um, I don't say enjoy, but I always do get somewhat of interest out of the uh, uh, Texas Western. Uh, story, you know, that they will uh, go through how they did that similar thing, you know, at the college level uh, in the 60s. And then I, uh, uh, there's those kind of stories that have happened throughout our campuses at college and so forth uh, that you don't like, you don't, you don't like that, but that's part of, part of our growth. I, I have, I hope that we've come a long ways, you know, over the years, um, in, in race uh, relations, but of course, I, I guess I uh, uh, my, my 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 boys would tell you this: they were, uh, as I've told you before, they were my boys, and uh, I didn't uh, didn't make any difference to me what the color was. It's it's how they conducted themselves. It's how people act to me that's really important. Now, now, does your record at IUPUI do you think reflects that you, you had to travel so much and you, uh, you know, you had to play schools that were better than you? Oh yes, yes, we uh, we played uh, we played some really good teams out of Ohio. Uh, we played, uh, and I, I'm sorry I don't have a schedule in front of me to really go back, but we played teams out of there. Uh, we traveled uh, over into uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, we were up in um, Michigan and Wisconsin a lot. Uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, I remember, was a school we played. Uh, we we were in the um, Illinois area. We played uh, Eastern Illinois. We played Western Illinois, and these, as you know, are these are good programs. Uh, so we were playing. We were playing schools that were. Um, much better than we were, that's for sure. Did you by happen chance, like, uh, did you try and, and schedule Butler, Indiana State, IU, Purdue, um, those kinds, and how difficult was it to schedule? Well, I, I did not. Um, I, I knew the coaches at, at all those places we're talking about. Uh, we were friends. I knew that at that level, uh, that it would be um, difficult. Would they have given me a contract? I think if I had asked, I might have been able to. I also go back and I, I think back. Uh, uh, I know at at Butler, for instance, uh, they were comparing with me when they were just sitting talking about the recruiting schedule, uh, or excuse me, budget that they had. I actually spent more money recruiting than they did at that time. Um, and Bob, I know uh, Bob Knight. Uh, Bob and I have to be friends. So I, I think this that uh, uh, there was some concern on the part of the president. I thinking that I was going to be trying to, you know, horn in and so forth into, and would do something that would damage the program at IU. And everyone uh, got to him and said, "Oh no, 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 that's not going to happen. That's not what the intent is here." Uh, but he was concerned about it. But anyway, uh, 
uh, we didn't really uh, didn't really do much uh, with those that level. Um, now IU Southeast and Southern Indiana, we played played those schools. They, that was part of our program. Um, but no, uh, I, that was that was about the extent of that locally. Did you did you do any of your games at Market Square Arena? The yes, we did. That was that was the other facility that we when they finally got finished and we were in there uh, as was the, the Pacers, of course, at that time. Um, it was never a time that we were allowed to practice. Didn't seem like it was available to do that, but we did. We did play a schedule there uh, one year for sure, and I'm. I'm trying to remember. Maybe we were in there a season and a half or something. But yes, we we did. We Market Square Arena. What kind of toll did this take on you uh, mentally, physically, and did you get tired? <laughs> that's that's for sure. That I, I think that was the thing. It was a, it really was draining from the standpoint of trying to take care of, as I said, all of these different facets, and um, it. It, um, I don't know. During the summer, you you were just as busy as you were during the winter because you had all of the other recruiting and so forth uh, that that had to be done. And as we know, the recruiting recruiting in those days is it's far different than, than guys today. You know, it's it's like here in Kentucky. Uh, uh, the coach here at University of Kentucky he he doesn't uh, himself have to even worry about recruiting. His assistants do all of it. And they they have a a number of guys that uh, uh, that have these meat markets is what I call them. They they don't do much coaching, but they keep a list of recruits that are the biggest, the best, and so forth all around the nation. And uh, they don't spend much time actually in a high school gym uh, themselves. But uh, in those days, the real recruiting was a college coach going to a high school gym. Watching practices, watching players—that's uh, how you—that's how you did it, and uh, that's that was the true recruiting. Um, so anyway, we we try to do as much of that as we could during the season. Then during the summer months, today of course the AAU programs uh, kind of have a corner on everything that happens and uh, some of these other things that are somewhat illegal, as we know. It's like. Uh, and with uh, certain things that's happening at the University of Louisville, uh, I'm not surprised at any of that happening, and a lot more of it's going on than what they really led you to believe. But if they want to investigate further, uh, I could probably lead them, open some doors for them if they want some information. But uh, <laughs> the FBI uh, has already uh, knocked on those doors anyway. So, so while you're at IUPUI, you know, maybe second year, I mean, are you, I, I, do you have the uh, possibilities of going other places to coach? Do you, do you not want to give up? Uh, I mean, I mean, these were probably, probably the well, darkest times for you, if I'm, if I'm uh, correct. Uh, yes, yes. I, you know, as I, as I look back, I think if I had really been, a, if I really been smart, what I really should have done is taken an assistant position uh, with uh, some of the bigger schools, and because uh, I could, I had some opportunities to have done that, and I think that would have been maybe a better thing to have done 
uh, gone that route for two or three years. But um, I was. I was so embroiled in the situation we had, trying to make it better, trying to do uh, do a better job and get things done, uh, that I didn't do that. And so, when, when what's your next coaching stop, and how did what was it like getting out of IUPUI? Well, I think that uh, what really happened to me was, as you said, I I just just wore me out. So when we get to 1979, I uh, I just kind of uh, had a situation where I could go into business uh, with some other people, and they were going to uh, start a ski resort in the southern part of Indiana. So we did. I uh, knew the area, of course, and that's one of the reasons they wanted me to uh, to get in business with them. So we started a ski resort, uh, started building this facility, and uh, so for about three years, I was involved in ski business in the area around New Albany, uh, north north of New Albany, and uh, that that kind of uh, um, kept me busy doing that. I think that I missed coaching at that time. I, I have to say that. But it was good for me, I think, maybe to get away from uh, from the game and get away from that kind of life, at least, that, that, that I was going through at IUPUI. So getting out and seeing uh, business and seeing how other people uh, kind of uh, led their lives was, uh, was interesting. It was good for me. And uh, for... Three or four years, uh, I guess it really got to be about uh, 1986. Uh, I was in business also with a um, uh, in Kansas City, Missouri. I got to uh, meet a person there who was at the Penn Valley Junior College uh, coach, and he how he uh, got to know about me or whatever he, he anyway he knew of me and he asked if I would come and be a volunteer coach at Penn Valley so I spent a year uh, with him and uh, at the junior college level and I decided that I just need to go back and coach because that was that's what I that's what I really was all about and uh, so that kind of got me back to to coaching um, that particular year, um, I was on a trip back to Indiana and uh, met a guy with a friend of mine, and he said that there's a, uh, a job that's open. You ought to uh, you ought to check this out. And it was at Hamilton Heights, there at the north side of, of Indianapolis. And uh, so I did, and I ended up taking that job and was there for, for two years. So that got me back to Indiana, and it uh, got me back uh, got me back into coaching. Uh, both of those teams were pretty good, weren't they? Yes. Uh, we, we were, um, uh, this was at the, of course, at the old facility uh, further north there. Now they're, you know, closer to town, but uh, it was, they were, had good kids. Uh, uh, it was uh, it was a good good way for me to get back. And we had uh, we didn't uh, we didn't win a sectional, but we were we were very competitive. 
Now, now the interesting thing is, is that, and, and and I know this may be a little rough, but what kind of, and I've asked everybody I ask, what kind of toll did this basketball coaching take on your personal life? Was did it take a lot out of it? Did you did you uh, juggle it well? Well, uh, I think that uh, there, are, I think there's, I think there's different kinds of coaches. Uh, the way I look at it, I put everything into it, and um, some guys will do it as a job that it's just a something they have to do to earn a little extra money. Uh, it's uh, I'm not saying they're not competitive, but they because they are. But they their teaching is the main part of of their job, and the coaching is secondary, and they will do it until maybe there's something else that comes along that gives them more money, uh, and so forth. But my my thing about coaching is that I've gone at it a hundred percent. I I don't uh, if I if I can stay up until midnight. And it makes me a better coach. I'll do it. Uh, if I have to be gone from home longer periods of time than I am, and probably one of the, the things that that I need to maybe mention now, it's just like the the clinics that I have uh, have gone to over the years. Uh, there's a clinic that was held back in those days. Um, was held at a Delphi University in uh, Long Island, New York. And I know this is back in the 60s. I went three years in a row to that clinic, and, you know, that's a pretty good drive, and you, you spend all your money, <laughs> whatever money you might have made during the summer, to finance your trip there. And I can remember going to that clinic. But, again, when I would go to that clinic, you spent five days there. Uh, they, they, it was a school. You were in class on this, at this university all day long. You ate your meals there, uh, slept in the, the dormitories and so forth. But you, I met some of the best people I've ever, I've ever been around. Uh, John Wooden was, uh, was at that camp, uh, that one year that I went there. I remember at Purdue University that same year, I, I saw, uh, John Wooden and I, was talking with him. I said, "I see you're going to be at Delphi University." He said, "Oh yeah." He said, "That's a that's a great school." And I said, "Well, I'm I'm scheduled. I'm registered to go there too." He said, "Well, we'll have to visit some." So that was a kind of an open door for me to to do that. So that's how I got to know John Wooden, even though he was from Indiana and Purdue and all that. But uh, I'd spent time with John Wooden at that camp. Uh, more than once, we would sit and talk, and actually in the hallway, I can remember <laughs> going through going through uh, defensive stance and uh, talking about various aspects of of, uh, of the game. Um, so, you know, that's again was those are the extra things that you put in, and to me, they were exciting, they were fun, but it's how you learn, it's how you get better as a coach. Uh, Hubie Brown, I met Hubie Brown. Uh, by going to uh, Duke University, their camp. I worked on that staff one summer. And, of course, Hubie is, uh, has been always had the uh, probably the labels being the best clinician uh, in the game that uh, you ever want to go to. If you want to learn about basketball, 
and Hubie's on the on the schedule, you sit and listen to him or talk to him. Well, he and I got to be friends, and I don't see him very often, but uh, from year to year, we would always touch base someplace. We might see each other, uh, go out to dinner or whatever. Uh, so that's one of my people that I've learned so much from, uh, Tate's Lock. Uh, I can remember when Tate's was at um, West Point. Tate's Lock was one of those that uh, I got to know early on. Uh, he, again, was from that area in Indiana, uh, down around Cincinnati and so forth, that uh, I knew Tate's very well. Uh, then when he came and took the Miami, Ohio job, um, I got to know him even better then. Uh, he, he left Bob Knight at, uh, uh, back at the uh, West Point. So those were people that that's how I met them is because I was out there not sitting at home. Uh, you know, I was out there trying to learn more and do more and get to be a better coach. You know, it's funny. I think Hubie Brown, Hubie Brown will probably end up being the oldest living man in the history of mankind. But, but, but. So, you know. And speaking of that, speaking of that, let's pause here for a second. And, um, you know, I mean, did you're sitting in the hallway talking to John Wooden, Tate's Lock, Hubie Brown? What other people have you met through your uh, uh, coaching career that you're like, you know, I wouldn't have met this person, you know, if I wasn't in the um, uh, the job that I am. Uh, that, that's right. Uh, one of my best friends uh, today uh, that I I don't call him often enough or see him often often enough is is Hallie Bryant. Um, of course, Hallie we all know is from Christmas Addicts and played back uh, early fifties uh, and went on to IU and played and then was with the Harlem Globetrotters, of course. Um, but Hallie and I got to be friends early 60s uh, when I he would come and speak at my camp and put on his one-man show. Uh, so we, again, we got to be friends. Uh, Hallie, uh, probably because of Hallie, not because of anything I did particularly, but uh, Hallie and I were hired by the Globetrotters to go to Taiwan. And uh, this was in 1991, I think I'm correct. And uh, we we spent 18 days on a great trip. Uh, I was supposed to be the clinician, and he was the entertainer, and uh, we got along great. Uh, but then anyway, we traveled all around Taiwan, uh, putting on camp uh, for the most part, but uh, uh, on national TV day after day and doing all kinds of great things, interesting things. Uh, but that was, a, 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 again, because of Hallie, uh, I got to do something like that. Uh, I think one of the other people that uh, uh, I got to know really well uh, when I was there in Indianapolis at, uh, at IUPUI, uh, but before that was Ray Crow, uh, who was at Christmas Addicts. Now, I think the time that something was said uh, we were, well, this goes back to when we were in the state tournament in 73. And when a, a statement was made by Ray Crow, uh, some people were asking him that day of the finals. He said, well, who do you think is going to win of these four teams? And he was on record as saying, I think Coach Overman's team uh, has the best chance. And they said, oh, why? Because 
here we had Franklin in the tournament, uh, South Bend Adams, Anderson, and all of them had a you know, better record than we had. And he said, well, he says, I think he has a very disciplined team. And to me, that was one of the most um, uh, endearing remarks that could have been made about me at that time. I, I think that would have really enjoyed that. Uh, so those are how you, uh, those are some of the people, I guess, that I have uh, would, would want to mention that I've enjoyed their association. Coach, so you're at Hamilton Southeastern. Do you, in your mind, do you want to finish your coaching career in Indiana, and then what takes you to your next job? Uh, well, I think at, at Hamilton uh, Hamilton Heights. Hamilton Heights. I'm sorry. I think that uh, yeah, at Hamilton Heights, it was um, uh, it was a stepping stone, I guess, more than anything else. It was uh, it was a good place to be, uh, a good school. Um, I think that I was looking, though, for uh, maybe something else. Um, a job at Bluffton opened up. They, on paper, had some talent. Uh, but they had had a program that had been down for some time, had not really had, um, had many uh, winning, winning seasons. And uh, so I went there, and uh, we had uh, had some so-so years. It wasn't uh, necessarily uh, a great uh, you know, record or anything like that. But anyway, we were there uh, for three years. Then we, um, from there, I moved to Cloverdale. Uh, Cloverdale was a another situation that um, uh, was probably uh, a stop that I, as I look back, I, I got to know some people that uh, from other areas, and it, it really led me to a better, a better job, I think, than anything else. But um, Cloverdale had a lot of history, but they were in some down years from the standpoint of uh, uh, really a lot of players so that were real talented. But uh, I think that uh, after being there those those two years, I was the athletic director and was a uh, basketball coach one year at Cloverdale. But I was looking to go elsewhere, uh, and uh, there was a job in Sebring, Florida, and that was uh, where I landed next. And uh, the reason I went to Sebring was, uh, be honest with it was there was a record there. They had had 20 win seasons for like, I don't know, six or eight years in a row, and they had great talent, and I thought, this just looks like a good place, and uh, if I was in my 50s in late 50s, and this might even be a good place to retire if I was going to, if and when I was going to do that. So anyway, uh, here we are in in Sebring, Florida, and uh, uh, I guess it's uh, I want to say uh, 90. Uh, I'm not sure I can get this right, but I think it was 97, 98, and um, first year there. Um, we we had a we had a good good year. Uh, it was uh, not uh, I'm going to say we probably won twenty 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 two games something like that. And Florida, you you are in class situation where you're playing. Uh, there's six uh, four classes. Uh, excuse me, five classes. 
And um, we were in class 4A, the next to the largest. Um, not much difference in the, in the two classes at the top, but we were in a uh, in a single uh, uh, school in our town of Sebring. Uh, a nice community. Um, we had a uh, uh, outstanding uh, player uh, that was about six uh, nine. Um, this particular team had a. Uh, some of the most athletic kids I've ever coached. And uh, I'm talking about guys that are 6'2 or 3, and they can go up and practically take a dime off the top of the bank board. They were just unbelievable. And uh, we had a, a good team. The second year, we are in the championship game of the state tournament. Now, that I'd like to say that... <laughs> We really should have won, I, I think, as I look back, but there's some other extenuating circumstances that uh, uh, would not have got uh, away with it in, in the state of Indiana from the standpoint of schools being on the up and up. Uh, but our school was a, was, a, was a good school, and we ended up winning 32, 33 games that year, and again, a runner-up in the state of, of Florida. Um, I think that... That probably, uh, uh, that, that's one of my highlights, uh, along with winning the state championship in Indiana. Uh, if I, as I look back at, at different stops, that would have been one of my top three or four stops for sure. What was it like, to, uh, you know, being so ingrained with Indiana basketball and how it's, how, how it is in the state of Indiana and compare it to what it was like did it in Florida. Did it take you a little while to, you know, I'm in Florida coaching basketball or, you know, what's the comparison in, in uh, uh, interest and, and stuff like that? Uh, that is, a, it is different. Um, everything is, is in Indiana, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's still the same way, but everything in Indiana is Based upon the uh, the nostalgia, it's based upon uh, the what's happened 50 years ago or 100 years ago, and in you go to Florida and places like Florida, that's not the case. Uh, they they uh, to them, uh, football is a big sport, and it's probably the the main thing. Uh, I was used to. Uh, being uh, well, it's like at uh, New Albany. New Albany had uh, very good football, but believe it or not, uh, basketball paid the way. Uh, as, as far as the money coming in, we paid the bills for all the sports. Basketball did. Um, when you looked at the cheer block, uh, this may not have been this big every year, but the year when we were uh, winning the tournament, we had 500 students in the cheer block. First three rows were taken up with football players, but there was 500 students sitting there. Uh, and to organize 500 students all wearing white blouses or whatever it was, well, that's kind of unique. You don't see that sort of thing uh, as you go into uh, schools in Florida, for instance. Uh, if your gym, in those cases, uh, most of you might exceed 800, 1,000 maybe. Uh, so when you when you go into those gyms, uh, there's plenty of seats. You don't have to worry about getting a seat. 
Now, as we were winning, though, uh, we filled those seats, and that was a, a unique thing for for Florida. So uh, I think that uh, you know that kind of for the communities where you have a winner, uh, they find it very uh, unique, and uh, you get uh, you know, a little notoriety because of all that. So how long did you coach in Florida? Uh, three years. Um, uh, um, um, let me think just for a second. I think, it, I think that um, we left uh, left there in. Let's see, left there in night We left there. We because it was it was uh, nineteen ninety. Nine, when we were runner-up, and then we left there in 2003. Yeah. And did that take you to? The, and what? Six, co- go ahead. Six six years in Florida. <laughs> getting my getting my years mixed up here. And from from Florida, then uh, I took a job in uh, uh, Virginia. We were at uh, Forest Park High School. It's Prince William County. Uh, it's up close to Washington, D.C. Uh, it was a new school, I think about three years old when we moved there. And those, uh, we were there for five years. And then what brought you back to Kentucky? Uh, really retirement. Just thinking, well, it's, this has probably been it uh, I've uh, coached, uh, I think maybe I've already mentioned this, you'd stop me if I'm repeating myself, but I've coached in six different decades, uh, starting from 62, and then as I as I actually finished up uh, at Berea College, uh, assistant coach in the, in, in the last, about four years ago, finished there. So I've been from six different decades have coached these 47 years and um, uh, there's been a stop or two it's like after I when I, when I left uh, got back here to uh, uh, Kentucky just to, again to kind of retire uh, there was a, a position at um, Berea College I was there for four years as an assistant uh, and then I also spent a, a winter uh, coaching at Sayre High School, uh, S-A-Y-R-E, Sayre High School. It's a uh, small school uh, in here in Kentucky. So, you know, I sometimes I really I really have to go back and count the number of school systems that I've ta- that I've taught and coached in because it's at one time is sixteen or seventeen or something like that, counting the colleges. Um, but they've all, you know, they've all been uh, interesting. They've all been a little bit different in some way. But uh, the uh, ending up at Berea College was my was my last my last stop. You know, it's interesting. I always try to find some kind of six degrees of separation with uh, you guys that I interview, and my whole family was uh, from Brea. 
Oh, is that right? <laughs> yes. Hey, I mean, uh, I remember going and having the Sears catalog and corn cobs in the bathroom, dirt floors. That's where most of my family was until uh, my grand my grandfather moved up to Indianapolis. That's very interesting. Yes. Well, at, at Berea College is a unique place. One of its one of its kind. I think there's only eight or nine schools in the United States that have their their similar system where they every student is on a scholarship uh, no one can you can't you can't buy your way into that school you you have to be a good student and you have to work a job while you're there and uh, so it's it's totally it's just a different kind of program uh, what does coach overman do in retirement well, um, I think my uh, my summers, as I was saying earlier, are in the commercial gardening. Uh, I have a, in, end up having five or six acres of garden, um, so it's not like just going out with a hoe and pulling a few weeds. Uh, but it's, um, I, for instance, I have a partner that helps me. I help him uh, with pumpkins. Uh, his name is Willie, and Willie and I uh, have a good time. We've got about three acres of pumpkins, and um, then I've got, besides that, I've got about uh, two acres of, of tomatoes, uh, 1,700 tomato plants last summer. Uh, so I raised a lot of tomatoes, uh, beans, green beans, and we have all the, you know, all the vegetables that you can name. We've, we've got most all of them. Um, I think that that's that's how I spend my time. Uh, whenever I get a chance to to talk with people like yourself or other my any of my other players, that's that's always uh, to me that's always the most enjoyable thing I can find to do. Though, do you think the game of Indiana basketball is on a, on a downside, or do you think uh, do you think it is what it is? Will it ever go back to what it is? I know right now it's got to flourish with what's going on with uh, Langford and New Albany and being on national TV, but what do you think of the state of the game in the state of Indiana and, and, and anywhere else right now? Well, I guess I I, uh, I feel this way, that the, the high school game <clears throat> that we that we knew in the 50s, 60s, 70s, in those that 30 year span of time, I, I know it's different today. Um, a lot of things have happened, um, as I've mentioned before. Uh, during that period of time, we we still didn't have the girls playing in, in the state championship or in a term that they it, it had not got to the point where you know there was equity among all your students. Uh, I'd like for that to have happened sooner. Um, it's the same as true, I, I think, if as we look at some of the uh, race relations, maybe that uh, I'd like to see that change earlier than what we see the changes being made. But from a game standpoint, uh, I do think those differences there. Um, it, it doesn't, uh, in those days, it was the most important thing athletically in your school uh, and today it's it's not the game itself I think that I know that I, I probably wanted more control of 
what my players did than what we would demand today. Uh, we both know that during the 50s, for instance, and early 60s, uh, players were um, in Indiana. They, they all wore short haircuts. Um, you, your coach didn't want you to date girls. Uh, didn't want you to be out past curfews any night of the week. That curfew might be at nine o'clock, and they came around and checked your house to see if you were at home. <laughs> and those those were uh, tight tight strain uh, reins on 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 players. Uh, today, if you try to do that, why well, you probably wouldn't have anybody on the team. But again, the other side of that is. That's how much a player wanted to play. He was willing to do whatever it took to be on that team was the most important thing to him. So I, I think that's something. I was a little bit of a, a maverick coach, honestly, in the 60s. Uh, I didn't require my players to have short hair. And, oh, Overham, what are you doing? That's against the rules. <laughs> so... I, uh, I I think that uh, those changes have happened. Uh, and I think the other thing is the rules were so tight by the state, by the IHSAA. Uh, I remember uh, we'd always try to sneak in during the summer to the gym. And we'd find a ball someplace. We'd bring one from home or whatever. And there, it might be a three-on-three, three and it usually wasn't, you know, 10 or 15 guys. But, but we'd sneak in there anytime we could. Uh, obviously during the day because you couldn't get the lights on or the power was turned off. But I remember those kind of things got to be so bad that there were schools, there were principals who took the goals off the bank boards so that you couldn't do that. So trying to sneak in didn't make any difference because those those goals weren't up there for you to, to play on. So those were the kinds of things that uh, I, I think have taken place in the past that are unique and people can't believe you know the things that you do. Um, uh, Hoosiers, the movie Hoosiers, kind of brings all that back to you know how you really how your life was in those days. So. Now, as far as, uh, because I'm not there in in Indiana now, and I know here in Kentucky, it's not like it used to be in Kentucky either. Um, the the games, um, there's not many people at, at a lot of these games. Um, I think that uh, there's a different emphasis today, uh, socially for a lot of the kids today. It's, it's different than it used to be. Uh, emphasis on a lot of different things. So, and I don't know that you're ever going to go back to those days. Um, there's just an awful lot of things that, that they have to spend their time on, and um, so it's just different. Coach Kirby Overman, 1973 New Albany Bulldog State Championship coach, and over well over 400 Indian, uh, well over 400 high school basketball victories. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. I know uh, uh, we uh, missed out on last week, but uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I'm sure everybody's going to enjoy this, and we appreciate your time. Thank you, Billy. It's been my pleasure.